Uh, okay. Um, so, I was almost done recording this second episode, which I'm going to redo. Because when I was just about to be done, a stupid telemarketer person called and just messed up the 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 recording. So I had to delete. I had to delete it. Had a little moment of a freak out. <laughs> Not really a freak out, just you know, a little aggravation. Cause I was almost done. This happened the when I try to record the first episode too. <sighs> so I'm gonna do it again. Um, <laughs> welcome to the second episode of This Is This. Uh, I'm going to be talking in this episode is the next couple episodes from the show The Midnight Gospel. Uh, for a recap, I talked about the first three episodes, and you know the first three episodes were about you know the relationship with drugs, uh, anger, death, a little bit about death, you know the paradoxical truth, uh, a little bit about meditation. Um, you know how to how to use your your pain as medicine. We talked a little bit about the Bible, magic. It's like a certain type of magic, um, enlightenment, and now and a little bit about the time when I was in prison, how they helped me like spiritually grow. Excuse me. So this episode four is about Clancy main character going to trying to go to this hedonistic uh, world which is hedonism is like indulging in pleasure like it, there's always pleasure there's no bad or negative or no pleasure it's just all pleasure which you know sounds pretty pretty dope but you know obviously that can exist in this dimension at least <laughs> so he tries to go there but he's misdirected and he goes to like this like hell hell planet there's like demons monsters and whatnot and he encounters a um i guess like a slayer of some sort and she slays like demons and monsters um with forgiveness and you know forgiveness for me is is a really good topic because I, I used to have a, a hard time with forgiveness. And I didn't forgive that telemarketer that ruined my, my podcast. <laughs> I, got, I got pretty mad. Not mad. I got, I got upset because, you know, my voice is going a little bit. It's been a while since I, had, like, I was able to talk for this long. Um, I did all this work. All to be ruined by a call. Bus. I didn't even answer the call. It's stupid. But I'll get there. I'll get to the point of forgiving that person uh, or that robot. But uh, forgiveness is a very good topic for solely the fact that it, it takes now, in recent like, years, it took me not that long to forgive. And I hate the saying, you know, I'll forgive you. But I won't forget you. So yeah, you're not that deep. 
you know, it's 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 a very common saying. I'm not saying common sayings aren't deep, and I'm not saying that I am above that those the thoughts or the, those those meanings. I'm not above it. It's just for me, it's overplayed. And the people that for me that I encounter that tend to say that don't forgive and they're very like egotistical and selfish and they don't understand the words that they're saying so like i kind of just whoever says that unless i see it it's more of like when i hear somebody say that i look to see who they are not in a judgmental form but i I listen like i listen to how they're saying it what they talk about and i see if they're about that forgiveness life or if they're not if they just say that you know to look a certain way and you know i'm not you know like you can only look a certain way to be forgiving no it's just i i can i can i'm pretty good with feeling you know vibes with people as they as they say you know i'm pretty good at reading people and see if they're you know truly meaning what they're saying or they're just surface level stuff or they're just saying things that they don't understand to make themselves look good you know for i've seen it many a times that a lot of men um, that I've encountered say certain things to sound impressive or to sound like all cool to get the girls. And it's like, bro, one, that's manipulation. Two, that's a good, I don't want to say a good girl. A, a smart girl is going to see through that and see through your bullshit. But we're, we're getting out of hand. I'm sorry. I'm still, I'm still, that telemarketer <laughs> really struck a nerve. Um, forgiveness so it took me a while to forgive you know and mostly it took me a while to forgive myself for not forgiving my biological parents and that's like where all like most of my mental issues came from um you know as some people don't know who are listening to this um I'm, i'm adopted i was adopted when i was like three came to america when i was like four made close to five um I think, I think, I don't know, my parents know it better than me. I, I keep forgetting, but I was really young. And, you know, my bio, my biological mom and dad left. I, the story is my biological dad left. And my biological mom went to go find him. And she left me and my sister. And my sister was like a, like a, like a newborn. And... I don't know. They went. She went to go find him, figure out what's going on, and you know, left me, and my my sister. I, I don't know for a couple of days, um, something like that. And you know, we ended up in the orphanage, and they finally like came back, and it was like we want our kids back. And there's some sort of like law rule that if you've gone for a certain time, and the kids are in the orphanage for a certain time, there you can't have your kids back. And obviously, I don't think they would the courts would allow them to have me and my sister back because they left for so long. Um, and I didn't really know that kind of stuff when I was like young, obviously, but it, like it was in my head, in my, in my subconscious. So I was, I was always lashing out. I didn't, dude, I did not trust women. I had this mentality that a smart woman, I'm attracted to very smart women. And, but I don't trust them. I don't trust like a lot of women out there. There's a few that I do. That doesn't mean I don't I I, I don't like women. Of course I like women, but 
I have or had a problem allowing them to get close to me. You know, I would put up walls or I would do like manipulation, like some sort of tests to see what kind of person they were to see if like I, I would be able to trust them and not manipulate. Like I was actually talking to my friend, uh, her name is Emily uh, on Snapchat about this. And she says that manipulation gets a really bad, you know, connotation. And I, you know, I agree with that. I really didn't think about it that much uh, prior to this. And I said, you know what, that's right. Uh, there, there's always, there's good manipulation and there's bad manipulation. And, you know, when you, especially me at the time, when you think of the word manipulation, you think uh, it's a selfish game. You're trying to do something or to hide something. Like, I'm not trying to hide. I'm trying to see. It's like, it's like, um, you know, like white lies, you know, like that parents do give to the kids. It's kind of like that. I'm not lying to you. I'm not manipulating you to get what I want. I'm, I'm, I'm manipulating the energy and things that are immediate surroundings or maybe my words, like I'm saying them a certain way, just so I, I can see what kind of person you are without being like, hey, yo, are you going to fucking like betray me? Are you going to like hurt me in the future? Because, like, nobody really wants to answer those questions because, honestly, you can't know if you're going to do that. You really honestly can't. You can say you won't, but you don't know. And that's where, like, my mistrust came because of my biological mother. And it took me, like, a long time to forgive them. And once I realized, you know, I'm probably never going to see them, you know, they did provide me life. I exist because of them. So does my sister. Um, and I can't, I can be upset of what they did, but I don't know the circumstances, you know, I don't know why they, you know, ran off and my dad ran off and my mom ran off. I have no idea why they did that, but I can, you know, what the power I do have is to accept it to to forgive them because I don't know the situation and you know what what if what if they didn't do that and I me and my sister were still in Mexico you know I you know got into like some like bad people maybe I became part of a gang maybe like we lived in a in a poor place where like you know I couldn't reach like my potential that I could reach here and I'm not saying all of Mexico was poor I'm saying where I lived with my biological parents was not the wealthiest place, definitely not. So I'm great. I, even though it sucked and it hurt me for a long time, I became more grateful and I forgave them because I'm here now. I, I'm in, I'm in the United States. You know it. I'm not going to get into this whole political debate thing because this is not what this this is about. But I've been allowed. I've been granted. You know a great home, a great area, Chester County that I live in is a very wealthy county and it's you know there's a lot of opportunities here and I'm grateful for that you know that I'm that I'm here able to do this because I may not have had the best <clears throat> you know the best education in Mexico I probably wouldn't be like this like you know ho-hung about spirituality you know all the things that I've learned but anyway I uh, it took me a while to be grateful about that and to like forgive the things that I didn't know, the things that I couldn't control. And once I like realized that and you know began be, began the process of 
forgiving them, that also allowed the process of forgiving myself for acting out in these certain ways because of the little the little Alberto in me was hurt by you know my my biological parents and going back to the part with like the mistrust and everything like I I just I couldn't trust people because of that and I didn't even know why like that's the thing I didn't know why I couldn't trust them there was just something in me that just you know was like don't don't get close and I I wouldn't but I would want to be very close to, to uh, especially women. I would love to be close to them. I have a better relationship with women than I do with men. And that's because you know, <laughs> some of the guys I surround myself with are very like misogynistic, even though they don't, you know, inherently see themselves as misogynistic. Some of the things that they say are pretty like assholey and you know, some like especially when I hear about like rapes and like and and like uh, like sexual assault and some of the things that like my my lady friends would like tell me or talk about. I was like, man, I'm sometimes I'm embarrassed to be a guy. Sometimes I'm embarrassed to do this because like I, I have to share like the same uh, you know quote unquote masculinity as these guys, but I have mine in, in check. But you know. Now I have pretty good relationships with women as friends. You know, I'm still working on the relationship part, like intimate relationship, <clears throat> like like girlfriend boyfriend uh, kind of stuff. But I, it, there was that little thing in my head that just just wouldn't allow me to trust them, and it was me. It was my subconscious like trying to protect myself. And once I realized that and started, you know, like I said before, that progress and the, that path of forgiveness. It, once I got to myself, I knew why I was doing, I did the things that I was doing and doing the things what I was doing. And I started forgiving myself. You know, to, like I said, it takes time and I'm still in the process of doing it. Um, but it, it, it gets easier. At first it was hard because that means now I have to let my, you know, put aside my ego and feel this pain that I've been, you know, um, What's it, what's it called? Deflecting the, the pain inside. I was deflecting and taking it out on other people and taking it out on myself, um, which which is bad. And now I was confronted by those things. I had to understand them. I had to give them a hug. I had to love them. And then I had to start process of forgiving myself for those. That takes a long time. Um, but holding on to like this anger and this animosity towards people it only hurts yourself like you're, you're thinking like oh that person did wrong to me I'm never going to forgive them and every time you think about that person every time you look at that person every time you know that person comes up in conversation or goes up in your news feed on your social media you're, you're good those emotions are going to come back and guess what that person doesn't give a fuck about what you're feeling you're the one feeling that shit you are the one that is feeling that that pain that negative energy you're the one that's causing that Oh no, but that person did this to me. Yeah, you know, people do shitty things. I've done shitty things to people. It starts with you. If you can forgive, you can release that, that, you know, that it frees your heart. 
There's more room for love in your heart when you forgive people. That doesn't mean you can trust them again. It doesn't mean that you can, you know, be friends. That doesn't mean you can, you know, surround yourself by them. No, it's just forgiveness doesn't mean to forget. You know, forget doesn't mean to forgive. It's just when you release that that negative energy through forgiveness and like understanding of why that person did acted that way. Like a lot of my friends thought I was an asshole and I was a dick because I was, but I was projecting my insecurities of, you know, the the negative things and the negative thoughts in my mind that I didn't want to deal with and I was projecting it on them and that I was acting out. They probably didn't know that. You know, I do tell them I was adopted and I do say certain things, but like I didn't go into depth about it. I'm not, they're like, they're not my therapists. <laughs> so, you know, I'm not going to be like, well, because, you know, my insecurities I have to go in depth with the reason my abandonment issues, my distrust issues, and goes in deeper into that, blah, blah, blah. No, like, I, I don't have friends like that. Um, or maybe I do, and I just haven't opened myself up to that much. But that, you know, that's not the point. The point is, forgiving others helps you. It lets you release that energy and more room for love, more room for happiness for yourself. And like I said, and I'm probably going to say it a lot more times throughout this, just to remind the people out there that may get annoyed that it takes time. It just doesn't happen overnight. If it happens overnight, you didn't do it correctly. And I've thought that too. Oh, I just... I'm happy. I forgave. Nope. Not at all. You just put it in a jar that you think that you got rid of and you put it in the back of your head and it's still there. That takes time to do that kind of stuff. There's actually a song. I'm not big into like Christian rock, but I, I, there's a couple songs I like. And one of the songs is called Forgiveness by Matthew West. And one of the lyrics with the song it says um, it'll clear the bitterness away it can, it can even set a prisoner free there is no end to what its power can do so let it go and be amazed by what you see through eyes of grace the prisoner that it really frees is you forgiveness and of course it's talking about God you know grant me forgiveness to be able to grant me the power of forgiveness so I can be able to forgive myself and my friends or my, whoever which is also beautiful but that, that, that line is, is it speaks to me because oh excuse me the guy mm, that burp it's pent up rage <laughs> I just released it so I'm all good <laughs> uh, that the, the prisoner part really got to me because like like I was like I just mentioned before it's all on you this Forgiveness is on you. No one's going to make you forgive anybody. If you don't want to forgive anybody, then you're just putting yourself in a cell. And you think it's a happy place. It ain't a happy place. It's just a way for your mind to think you're defending yourself. I'm protecting myself because, you know, I trusted. I trusted this person or I trusted this one time or I trusted and they betrayed. Yeah, dude, it happens. It sucks. You've probably done it. To somebody and you don't even know it or if you do know it and you don't acknowledge it that's also pretty pretty a dick move but it the the 
you to have that kind of mindset to stay yourself as a prisoner and deflecting that rage onto somebody else and blaming somebody for what they did is going to get you nowhere if you when you release that tension learn to love and forgive oh man there's no more cell there's you're not a prisoner anymore you're not a prisoner to that emotional binding you're it's like a ball and chain you can let go and you can fly higher than you did before and I, I you should definitely take any of you guys interested in that song take a look it's about like i don't know three minute long song it's pretty short it's called forgiveness by matthew west highly recommend it but and also in this an episode which i actually talked about in the first episode of this podcast is about meditation and how meditation is a way for for you to practice you know practicing for death and it's also practicing for life like when when i when i'm meditating you know not just sitting in that lotus position which one i can't do cuz i'm not that flexible I, I need to start doing yoga more stretching doing all that um when i sit cross-legged and meditate that's how i started cuz i mean it's like a disciplinary way of starting to to meditate but once I got like better at it, there's other forms of meditation that I learned. Like meditation is not just sitting down and you know, um, um. It's not just doing that. That's a great form of medication. Medi- meditation, if you have that discipline. Some people don't have that discipline. Sometimes I don't have that discipline during that part of my day. You know, I maybe I don't want to do it that way. Um, Ultimately, meditation is just being in the moment, being in the now. There, there. You are not thinking of anything. You are not. You are not thinking of anything, and you are not not thinking of anything. You're not attaching yourself to thoughts. You're not attaching yourself to emotion. You are just being in the moment. You're just focusing on your breathing. And for me, that there's a book that I got from this place, uh, this like hippie place in Philly. And for the record. When I say hippie things, I'm not like talking down on hippies or hippie anything because people call me a hippie. I just I just find the term funny. So anything to do with spirituality, I'm like, oh, is that the hippie store? Oh, is that that, that hippie saying? Oh, that hippie dude. I, I am that person, that hippie person. But <laughs> no, like I call people kids sometimes, even though they're not children. But I don't do it in a negative way. It's just like, oh, what's up, kid? Like that. So... If you hear me, please don't get offended if you hear me say like hippie stuff and you are in fact a hippie because I'm on the same frequency as you, buddy. Trust me. But you know, we, me and my buddy and his girlfriend went to this hippie store in uh, Philly and this book, I, I don't know, I just saw it and decided to, to buy it. And it's a really good, it's, it's called um, How to Walk by Thich Nhat Han. That's how you pronounce it. Um... I got another book by him. It's called The Buddha Teaching. The Buddha's Teaching. Fantastic. I'm halfway through it, and it's fantastic. I'll probably talk about it in one of these ep- podcast episodes, but for now, we're talking about uh, how to walk. So that book taught me how to walk again because, you know, we people, when, when we walk, we're going to a destination. We're walking to somewhere, and then we forget about you know, the journey, the walking of getting to that destination. 
that cliche it's like it's not about the destination it's all about the journey you know i really dig it it really is he's a cliche as it is it is about the journey because when i was reading that book and it said like with every step you take you have arrived there is no getting anywhere you have arrived so now when i walk i walk purposely without a purpose i just you know i'm not like lackadaisical and just you know, walk and like let my feet do its thing like i I'm, I'm a human i know how to walk i'm an adult and i when i'm like just say like when i lived in westchester um i would walk to the bars or i would walk to go get food and you know i would have a music in my ears and i would have like a good good playlist going on and i'm walking next thing you know i'm like in the moment next thing you know i'm there at the restaurant and i'm like whoa how did I get here so fast? It's because I was meditating. I was, I was practicing this life. You know, I was being here in this moment. And that's the same thing with, uh, with like music, you know. Meditation's about like also listening. It, but not like listening and, and putting a label to that sound. It's just to enjoy the things the environment that you're in you know like when i sometimes when i like sit and meditate my fan will be on and i hear my fan or the wind is outside and he like brushes the leaves against the house maybe there's a bird outside that's chirping maybe i can hear my niece running downstairs about some sort of you know she wants a candy or a piece of treat or something I'm not labeling those sounds and saying, oh, that's my niece, so that's a bird. I am just embracing those sounds, just listening, just being there. And a lot of form meditation also for me is playing my guitar. I remember when I first started playing guitar, I would play for hours and hours and hours, literally, like honestly, until my fingers bled. And it was amazing. Like I would be start playing and all of a sudden be three hours would go by. I was like, where did the time go? And I didn't know at the time, because I was like 15 maybe at the time. That was a form of meditation. And it was great. And now, it's the same thing. But now I know how to play a little better. And I'll play, and next thing you know, it was like two, three hours, four hours go by, and just like, holy crap. That's a, I was, that was fast. That was fun. And that's the same thing with any other form of meditation. If you're in the moment... You don't know how long you're doing it for, especially when I'm hiking. Man, that's one of my favorite part of performing meditations is when I'm just hiking around, walking, you know, climbing rocks, climbing trees, going down paths and going up rivers and climbing rocks. It's 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 so much fun. I could get there at eight in the morning, and I'll realize that it's like seven o'clock at night, and it's like whoa, I need to get something to eat. <laughs> it's like I totally like I need to get dinner. I need to leave like I didn't even realize like my hands are like battered and ripped and shredded and my feet are, got calluses and got like dirt and everything on them and that's like I didn't realize that I was like getting so into it because I'm having I'm enjoying the moments that I'm doing and I'm enjoying the time don't even notice how many how much time goes by that's for, for meditation that like I said, to get in that kind of form of meditation, it takes a while. Like when you realize it, like some people meditating, they don't they don't realize it. 
Like like I just said, like I was playing guitar when I was first started. Next thing, three hours go by. Meditation. I had no idea it was meditation, but it's a form of it. There's people out there that do the same thing. Like, uh, you know, I want to talk about church. You know, people go to church and next thing you know, it's like, for me, dude, that hour went by so slow. I don't know about any of you, but for me, it was so slow. And then there's people like some of my friends that are Catholic and Christian or not even those labels, but they go to church. And when it's over, they're like, oh man, that was, that was so fast. I could go do it again. It's like, man, that's good for you. Like, honestly, that's good for you. You're, you're enjoying the moment. You're enjoying what you're doing. And that's a beautiful form of meditation. And meditation is not solely for Buddhists, Hinduists, and Taoists, and you know, the Eastern, Eastern religion or religion, spiritual beliefs. It's for anybody. Anybody can meditate. I have people that I've met that call themselves, no, Christians, but they love Buddhism. They like vibe with it, and they they embrace that that spiritual belief. But they also believe, you know, like Jesus and Yahweh are their saviors, which is totally fine. They can have that belief system, but the cool part is that they're embracing that, and they do meditate, and they talk to like shamans and that's really cool like, I wish more people would be able to be open to that kind of stuff because when you understand other people's like belief systems that's you get you understand them you know you understand like what they're going what they think how they go through some stuff you know when how they're going to react in certain situations and it's a beautiful thing so you know learn to not just be stuck with the religious label you've been given or the spiritual label you've been given. And meditation will definitely help with that. <laughs> you just gotta do it. There's a saying that says, meditate for 20 minutes and if you, if you don't have enough time to meditate, meditate for an hour. When you, when, when like I said before, when you are listening to the sounds and the frequencies uh, when you meditate. Like when I meditate outside, I'm listening to the wind and it's like the wind is not coming up to me and saying, hey, yo, 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 Bert, guess what? I got some secrets to tell you. Because one, that would be honestly pretty dope, but I'll be pretty cautious about that. Like, what, like, get back, spirit. What's going on? I don't want to hear your jumbo. What's, what is all this? I wouldn't want to hear that. That would be... I would probably deem myself a little crazy. <laughs> like, the wind is talking to me. And I'm not even on psychedelics. Like, what is going on? But <laughs> when you listen to the sounds of the universe, it gives you... You receive insight. You receive the, like... Well, the, the old saying is like, when you give to the universe, the give, universe gives back. And that's exactly what you do when you listen. So when you, your friend like vents to you, you you're not, they're most likely not looking for an answer. They have the answer probably already. It's just they want to get that, that, that energy out. So they'll, they'll vent to you. And the same with the universe. Like you're sitting there meditating and you're venting out your, your, your emotions and you're becoming one with yourself. The universe sees that and it's like, well, I'm gonna give you a little little extra push with that. Like, what you're meditating on, and what you're asking for in your meditation, or what you're you're got yourself in a, in a bind or something. The universe will give, will give to you. All you gotta do is give back to it, 
And one of the things for me to give back to the universe is, you know, to try to do good to others no matter what. I try to help the people. Like, oh, it's like, dude, it's like the other the, uh, the other night I was having dinner with my family, and we were talking about um. Shit, I don't, I don't, I forget how the topic came up. We were talking about uh, donating organs. And I said, I would donate my organ in a second, my kidney. I would donate it in a second. And my mom was like, really? To a complete stranger? I was like, yeah. If I was compatible, hell yeah. They're like, why? It's because that person needs it. <laughs> I got two. If somebody needs one, I got two. I, I can live with one. There's people that live with one. And she was like, well, that's not my choice. I'd give it to my family. And I said, well, me, me and Maria are most likely not compatible with your kidney <laughs> because we are in different, we have different genes, different blood, but, you know, appreciate the offer. But that's like, that's, that's me as a person. It's like, I would love to give something that provides somebody a better life. And when, and when I do that, I've noticed the more I do that, the better my life gets. But I can't take it for granted. That's the thing. Like when the good is going good, don't take it for granted. Just just love it and embrace it, and you know, enjoy the good. But if you get complacent, and when you get, you know, ungrateful, that's when it. That's when karma and the universe comes back and slaps you in the face and be like, Hey man, what are you doing? This is not the way, quote unquote, as they say, which rhymed. Didn't, didn't mean for that to rhyme, but it's just karma comes back and lets you know that, you know, keep going on the right path and don't, 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 don't lose yourself in this world for a minute. Oh, man. So that was, that was mostly about uh, the episode four, so... I'm going to go into episode five, which is one of my favorite episodes. Um, I forget what it's called, but it's about the Bardo Loop. And the Bardo Loop is mentioned in the Tibetan Book of the Dead. And also, it's not called the Bardo Loop in this book, the Egyptian Book of the Dead. But it, the description is very similar, which is really cool if you think about it how the Tibetan Book of the Dead and the Egyptian Book of the Dead have strikingly similar um, information. I don't know. I don't know about you, but that, for me, that's a, that's a, good, that's a good flag that shows, like, this has to be some sort of, you know, real. You know, it's got to have some sort of realistic, like, tendencies for it. So the Bardo Loop in the Tibetan Book of the Dead is the 49 days between death and the next life you know the, 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 I think there's four three three steps the, the, the first step is death second step is you know you get like frightening apparitions you get like like I don't know like entities coming in at you and you know you, I don't know I've never experienced it. So, uh, like telling, yelling at you, or telling you stuff, and you know, it's a your your consciousness is very confused, and your 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 karma is like either being liberated 
or it's not being liberated through those 49 days that you're that quote unquote you are experiencing and once you get past that and your karma you know you can be born liberated from your karma or you come back and do it again until you you know quote unquote you do it you understand what it means to be human and to express love which I'll get to that and then you get a new body it's 49 days you get a new body so either you're liberated and you get some sort of new body not in this third dimension a new consciousness form which we actually talked about in the third episode about the solar body um, but you can listen to that I won't explain it here um, or you come back to this earth again and you keep trying which is what you know this person did in this this episode like uh, Clancy goes into this prison and he's talking to this bird uh, the bird is like oh, wow I forget what he actually called himself but he's connected to this prisoner and the, when the prisoner dies he comes back to life right where he was where he left off like you can't die in the you can't permanently die in this prison and his the character's name is Bob and every time he dies his heart is weighed and when it's weighed you know it's it's cool like they they showed Bob like dying and he dies in pretty gruesome ways in the in the, in the episode but it's like it's all symbolic like it shows you I'll explain to it but the first time he dies a hand get picks him up and reaches inside his torso and takes out his heart and his heart is like this little demon monster that's like biting and thrashing and it's like screaming and whatnot and he gets weighed they pluck a feather put it on the scale on the other side of the scale and the heart drops like it's heavy and there's a wall of tears that just keep crying and next thing you know whoop, he's back he's back exactly where he left off first couple times he was like what the fuck what the hell is this and then he started understanding it which which goes to with like 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 playing a role you know like Alan Watts talked about the word persona is Greek for like for mask or something. don't quote me on that I've listened to this Alan Watts so many times but I can't remember the the correct quote from him but persona is not who you are it's the mask of who you are and the Greeks used that you, the the I think the masks were called persona and they they played a part they played a role in this theater and you know they put on a good show and at the end of the show all the actors came out the good if the bad guy won in the story it doesn't matter if the good guy won in the story it doesn't matter they both came out at the end of the show held hands and they bowed to the audience and the audience loved it they were like this was a great show wow this is awesome blah blah and they clapped and they for a moment those people are so into the the 
the, the theater display of the actors that they forget that it's not real. You know, they forget that it is just a play. It is just two people playing a part to try to convince you that this guy is bad, this guy is good, and this is the situation. And at the end, you realize, well, the thing is, they try to get you to, to feel, for one of them at least, they try to make you cry, try to make you happy, they try to make you sad, they try to make you, you know, angry, they try to instill these, these emotions out through a play. And, you know, we have those th with movies that we have these days. And, you know, it's just a movie. It's just a play. They're just actors, which is what we are. We are the prime source acting as human. We tend to forget that this is just a play, which is a very big in the Hindu uh, beliefs. Is that when it's funny when uh, Alan Alan Watts said, which I highly recommend any of you guys interested in what I'm talking about to talk to listen to Alan Watts. My man, he's got he's got some stellar information about this stuff. He said, um, if you go to India and, you know, you talk to some of the, like, the spiritual and religious people there and you say, oh, my God, I, I am God. I just realized that I am God. They're going to pat you in the back and they'll be like, hey, welcome. Good for you, man. Welcome to the club. <laughs> you tell anybody Catholic, Christian, Episcopalian, I think that's not the right, I think I just called somebody a fish eater. Um, <laughs> Episcopalian, that's the word, Episcopalian, that I I am God, I am Jesus, I am, I am reincarnated of God in this body form. You are most likely going to laugh at, you're going to, you know, go to the loony bin, you might get prescribed some things, but in the East... Nah, they're, they're like, welcome, dude. Welcome to the club. Which is amazing. You know, I one time told somebody that I was, you know, the incarn reincarnation of Jesus Christ. And they honestly looked like Pontius Pilate about to fucking kill me. They were like, you can't say that. So I'm sorry. I'm just... But I am. <laughs> but I am. But, you know, I shouldn't have done that. I just try to get a, a riled up on that person. But... Anyway, people take that, like it goes with the persona. You, people take it way too serious. It's a game. It's a beautiful game. It's one hell of a game. But it's just a game. We're all playing roles that we want to be. We're all playing roles that the, the society thinks we should be. Everybody's getting pushed to be some sort of label that they want to be. And that's not you. That may be your your ego, and not ego is in your pride. Your ego is in the I, the me. May be labeled as such as race, gender, non-gender. You know, some people think they're like wolves, you know, birds, you know, whatever they want to think they are. Um, gay, straight, or what is it? Gay, heterosexual, bi, cis. I don't know the correct terminologies for all this. Pan, trans, like all that 
isms and all that stuff that we say this is who I am this is it that's no honestly no it's not who you are it's what you're it's the role you're playing and that's how you feel that's that's fantastic do what you want to do with it that's fantastic but it's not inherently who you truly are like I don't go around saying I'm Mexican because one I don't want to get deported to not that was a, <laughs> that was a joke that's a joke. I'm a legal citizen, been a legal citizen, and I don't even have to tell you if I was a legal citizen anyway. That's the beauty of it. But any any point, I'm not walking around saying I'm Mexican. That's how I identify my life. No. Somebody who asks me what's my ethnicity, I'm going to say I'm Hispanic. I was born in Mexico. But if people ask me, like, man, who, who are you? I'll be like, you want to really know? I'll say, I'll tell you who I am. Without telling you my job, without telling you my gender, without telling you my skin color, where I come from, my accent, what I own, how much money I make, I'll tell you who I am without all of those. That is who you are. Your personality, no, not because even personality is an ego thing. You format yourself to think of what, who you are as in like, I'm a nice person or I'm a person who doesn't give a fuck. I'm a person that you can trust, but if you betray my trust, I will fuck you up. That's a personality, which is not a good personality, the last one I said. It's also a label. So it's 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 hard to you know, describe what labels are because you know, you tell a person that you shouldn't I don't tell people you shouldn't label yourself certain things because people can do it. I don't care. Have have a good time with it. But don't come running to me when you are trying to find your true self and I say, well, first you got to get rid of the label and you get mad. Like, don't come to me and ask me that because, you know, that's that, that, that just makes me not want to help, makes me not want to talk to you. Not because like I know I'm right, which I'm, you know, I love being wrong because it makes me realize that there's so much things out there that I don't know. But then there's things that I do know. And, you know, when I say true self, like capital S-E-L-F, like the godhood of who you are. It's kind of hard to describe that to people because they're so attached to these labels that they want. Which is totally fine. You want to live that way, that life. That's like I said. That's totally great. I did live that, and then I realized. Excuse me. Wow. I don't want to live that way anymore, and that's just my choice. I don't want to, you know, walk around and have people just look at me and say, "Oh, that's you know, that's the Mexican. That's Alberto. That he's Mexican." That that you know, to my close friends, that's funny. To other people that don't know me that well, and like that's how they know me. That's not funny. I I, I don't. That's it's not cool. I don't want to put that label on me. Like I don't go around saying like, "Oh, that's Kevin, the fat guy." Oh, that's uh, that's Kevin, the fucking ginger. No, dude, that's I find that a form of disrespect. It's it's like there's Kevin, a good buddy of mine. Oh, there's Kevin. He saved a dog once. Oh, there's there's Kevin. Fucked the Martian once. You know, like <laughs> if you don't get that reference, you're not you're too young for me. Um <laughs> Like, that's a non-label. That's something that they've done to make themselves, like, a good person. Like, I like to describe people like that. I don't describe people like, oh, the gay guy or the lesbian or the one who 
calls himself a goth or the I don't even know like all these labeled terms I don't like saying them because that's not how I see people that's not how I see if they see themselves like that that's fine like if they want to tell me this is how I want to be labeled as this is what I want to be called I'll do it but when I look at you and describing to somebody else or to my like friends or my other friends or family or even to myself I'm not referring to you as your label I'm referring to you as the godhood of who you are which you know I, I believe is the quote unquote the truth which you know like I said the truth is a paradox um, it, it, it when we're talking about talking back to the heart that's like wicked you know evil little thing it's because it, it's evil it's scared it, it's it all it knows is survival mode that's it and it's a state of ignorance and like when you say a lot of I hear a lot of people say man you ignorant I said man they get like offended it's like when people tell me I'm ignorant I'm like okay tell me tell me why I'm ignorant explain to me I want to know why you think I'm ignorant because if you're going to teach me something I'm all ears I love to learn but you call when I call other people ignorant I don't say it in a term of a bad way like they're dumb or they're jerks it's like they're ignorant because they don't know they don't know this like um, like rich people are ignorant because they don't know the the life that you know middle class or the poor people you know live if you if you're born rich I should say people that worked poor and then became rich they know that struggle they know that life that's fantastic but inherently born rich people don't are ignorant because they don't know the struggles that poor people or middle class people like have to do with every day like that video with Bill Gates like trying to put a price on like household items that we like middle class and poor class people get and people are like oh my god that's so cute he doesn't know it's like that's not fucking cute that just shows the 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 what's it called holy crap the oh my god why can't I think of the word the separation of how the rich see the viewing class the working class the viewing class <laughs> how they view the working class that's that's so it's ignorant and that doesn't mean it's bad he just doesn't know because he that's the shit he doesn't know you know figure out doesn't do, deal with every day um so ignorance is not only it's not just a bad thing it's just something that you don't inherently know um in the in the episode they also talk about Indra's I think that's how they pronounce it Indra's net which is when the universe they this is a theory of like the universe is a like a net and each line is a stream of consciousness and the 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 parts where the net connects to like an intersection is a human or a being of consciousness that's like you and we're all connected like in a spider web or like a net we're all connected in a certain way and we share this consciousness together but we're just experiencing that 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 moment right there as me or as this individual 
and it, it's really it's it's a really cool concept. Like I kind of I kind of like vibe with that. I kind of like roll my life with that. Saying you know we are all we are all the same consciousness, which is experiencing in a different perspective. Like we are all the godhood. We are all the prime source, just experiencing it the way that you know how we see it or how we see ourselves and how we see the world. And the bird, God, I forget what the bird's name, but he says that we think we exist, therefore we suffer, which is, you know, the Buddhist mentality, you know, we, we think we are, therefore we suffer. We suffer because we have an attachment to non-permanent things, things that are non-permanent, like life, materialistic items. People, cars, clothes, video games, phones, books, my left pinky, I still have it, but I broke it before, and I really hurt. <laughs> I don't know why I had to tell you guys that, but it's <laughs> we, we view these things as quote unquote for us necessities and don't tell me you guys don't I know that I do and I know some of you will fight teeth for it but I honestly believe that you know can you live without your phone can you live without a fan in your room can you live without a book I would never want to and that's not bad to not live without a book and that's not inherently like a bad attachment it's when you lose those things and you create the suffering for yourself. And that, that is when it becomes bad. That's when it's like, you're creating your own suffering. That's, and because we, we, we value impermanence, especially with death, you know, that's a very, very big thing that people struggle with, um, with suffering. Um, and so, when Bob, and part of every, whenever he like came back alive, when he ever allowed his cellmate to take his food and lift him up to safety, like there was a hole in the ceiling, lift him up to safety, every time he died and he was judged, his heart became gentler. It was less attacking. It was less outburst. And it was cool because one of the images that like flashed on the screen was a bear in a trap in a bear trap and when you think about it that's honestly what the you know the, well for me my ego is and for when I was a kid you know like when you there's videos out there you can see of like a wolf well we'll use a wolf because that's one of my favorite animals um, a wolf caught in a bear trap and you're trying to help it but because it's trapped and it's scared, it's going to attack you. It's going to claw at you. It's going to bite you. It's going to do anything it can to get you away because it doesn't know that you're trying to help because it is in a position of weakness. It's in a position of uh, fear. And so that's what a lot of people that I've experienced, you know, experience. That's, that's what they're doing. That's what I've done. You know, people were trying to help me and I just attacked the shit out of them because I... I, I was I was so hurt that I didn't think I was able to trust somebody, 
And then once, you know, that person helps that wolf or that bear out of the trap, that bear's not going to come back and thank them, you know, like, thanks, bro, like, I thought you were about to eat me or something. Or the, the wolf was like, ah, I appreciate you, human, like, I, your people aren't so bad. No, it's, it's, they, they run away and they do, I bet they do really appreciate what, you know, being freed from that. But that's like what we have to also view people that are hurting as that they're just attacking us because they are in pain internally. And once you start realizing that and once you start like helping yourself and helping others, that's when your, your, your heart and your soul becomes lighter. You know, there's a reason why angels can fly. It's because they take themselves so lightly. And that's how we got to take our, you know, our hearts and our minds. Um, so, oh, I kind of almost time, time is almost up. And I do want to talk a little bit more about this episode because this is a long one so I guess I'll just put out two episodes today and we'll t I'll talk about it um, you know in, in the in the thing about like the reincarnation you keep coming back and you're trying to figure it out um, I, I experienced that on DMT when I tried it for I'm not going to tell you how many times <laughs> but I tried it and it opened my eyes to show me that we are all connected. I read it in many books that we're all connected. We're all supposed to love, but to be able to see it, to be able to experience it, oh man, that blew my mind. And I was able to see I was able to look at somebody and be like whoa that is me but not in a selfish way it was just like that's me experiencing what it is to be John or being Erica or being uh, Katie and being Lorenzo or you know I don't even think I know Lorenzo but you know that's not the point like I was able to see that and it made me a lot happier and I was like I can't like I don't want to attack anybody or hurt anybody because ultimately I'm hurting myself. And I'll get to the point of that in a second, maybe in the next episode. Um, we talked about a little bit of Pernice's causes like suffering and that the more that Bob tried to escape and he understood that, you know, like he, even though he killed a, a, um, What's it called? A, an officer, like a, a CO, a correctional officer. Um, it was obviously bad. You're not supposed to kill. And he didn't understand that. He's like, one time he like saved all, most of his friends or his cell, cellmates and other prisoners, but he killed that person. And it said, and the person or the, the entity that was weighing and judging him was like, no, 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 you still have something to figure out and like that's when that point he figured out that in order for him to escape quote-unquote death to be free from death and reincarnation aka the bardo loop 
you have to live this life with no violence, no negativity, which is, like I said, is very, 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 very hard. But once you understood that, that there's, you can get to the other side without use of violence, with love and helping others, that's when you become free from death. You no longer are able to die because you're never going to come back into a form of physical shell. And that's it for now. I'm going to start the next episode because I'm still ready to talk.